Hi, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy and host of the Live Healthy podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Dr. Khadija Al-Jeffrey, a British board certified consultant dermatologist. Dr. Al-Jeffrey has extensive training in her specialty and currently works at Dermamed Clinic in Dubai. We are going to be speaking about ectopic, atopic dermatitis, which you may know as eczema a skin disease that is becoming more prevalent in developing countries. So let's get to our chat. Hi, Dr. Al Jeffrey, how are you? Hello, and good morning, Anne-Marie, and thank you so much for your invitation. I'm really happy to talk to you about this. I'm hearing about, I'm hearing about uh, eczema all over the place. Okay, so what is atopic dermatitis, and how prevalent is it in the region? Okay, so atopic dermatitis, also referred to as eczema, uh, it is very common, actually. So we see uh, 5 to 10% of adults have it and up to 20% of children have it. So one in five, the children that will come to my clinic um, can have eczema. And it's interesting because in the last 30 years, we see that the incidence of it has increased uh, uh, two to three folds. Uh, we don't really know why that is, maybe because of urbanization or you know other reasons that we still have not figured out, but it is a very common skin condition. Um, it, as I said, it, you know, can affect anyone, but also can affect people anywhere on their skin. So, um, what you see is skin dryness and patches of redness, and these patches can be quite scaly. So, you know, rough, uh, mainly it affects the face of the children, but we know eczema, uh, in adults mostly affects the skin folds. So, you know, inside the elbows, behind the knees, the neck, any skin folds, People who have severe eczema, it can affect all their body. So we do have, you know, luckily we don't see these patients every day and it's not that common, but we can have people who have eczema head to toe, as, you, as they say. Um, the skin may crack, um, the skin can weep, and 20% of patients who have eczema will have uh, bleeding from their eczema sites sometimes if they scratch too much. Um, so this is what it looks like. It's basically red skin. Um, that is very rough and dry. And the person who has eczema will generally have global dryness. So even if their eczema is in one patch or two patches, and I'm sure you know people who have had eczema and you've seen little patches of eczema, they'll have global dryness. So all their skin is usually dry and quite sensitive. And that is because they have an issue with their barrier function so that the skin barrier function doesn't work very well. Ah, okay. So they already have that in place. And what symptoms, I mean, obviously it's no fun to have that all over your body, but what symptoms impact people the most? So one of my professors who I trained under used to call eczema, it's an itch that rashes and not a rash that itches because itch is the main symptom of eczema. 80% of people who have eczema will report itching on a daily basis. Um, so the itch is, uh, is, can be debilitating if you like. Um, and, uh, this feeling of itching or, or uncomfort on un, like, you know, being discomfort, um, uh, will affect other things that you do. So, uh, 
um, one of the main issues with eczema is sleep disorders. So children don't sleep very well. They wake up really tired. It affects the performance at school. Um, you know, um, it affects their self-esteem because they don't play as much. Um, I find patients, especially children who have severe eczema issue with eye contact when they come in, um, you know, not very happy children. So itch is the main symptom. Another symptom that now we talk about more that we didn't is actually skin pain. So a pain and discomfort sleep disorders and also it doesn't just affect the skin so the skin is the tip of the iceberg of iceberg if you like and so what you see is how it affects the skin but it has a lot of um, other problems because you can imagine if someone's not sleeping well not performing at school or missing work um, self-esteem so they're really embarrassed I have one one uh, patient who would never wear anything unless it was a high neck and long sleeves even you know going to the beach she'll still wear that because she doesn't want people to see her skin um, um, yeah and and also eczema is associated with other conditions so um, we call eczema type 2 inflammation. So it's one of the type two inflammations. So people who have eczema are more prone to having asthma, hay fever, allergies, and so on. Wow. And what about other sort of autoimmune disorders? Are they more, more prone to have having that? Um, it's really interesting that you asked this question because only very recently we started looking at eczema differently. So you know, even all my training life, eczema is a skin condition, but in the past two years, now they're um um, they consider eczema as a systemic disorder because they found that uh, this inflammation that's happening in the skin can also affect other parts of the body. So these patients are pr more prone to having other issues. And there has been recently a link with cardiovascular disease. So they saw that patients who have eczema um, have a higher risk of having cardiovascular disease when they did PET MRI scan, so MRI like imaging to the um, lining of the blood vessels, they saw that there is some inflammation of this type two inflammation in the blood vessels. So um, it is a very common disease. And I think I'm really happy that I'm here talking to you about it today because um, we do have a little bit of lack of awareness about uh, eczema and how it's not just, it's, it's, more than, it's more than skin deep, as they say. Now, we talked about it being more co common among children and the reason possibly being urbanization. Could you just expand on that a little bit? Is it all the sort of things that come with urbanization or uh, what were you speaking about or what do you think? We don't really know. So um, but we think that, uh, you know, all this hygiene hypothesis uh, that we live cleaner lives. We're always, I mean, it might be the wrong time to talk about this now during the COVID pandemic because we should be very clean and sanitizing, et cetera. Um, but, um, but maybe we're just not as exposed to, to our children are not as exposed to allergens when they're younger. Um, so when they are exposed to it, when they're a bit older, they react to it differently. Um, but again, like with all these conditions that we don't fully understand, um, we, let me tell you, understand eczema much, much better now uh, in the past 10 years than we ever did before, because now there are treatments for it that never existed. And I call them like, you know, advanced therapy or target therapy, which we never had before. Um, 
but we still don't fully understand it. Um, um, and having talking about sanitizing, etc., we know that you know people who use a lot of sanitizer may have hand eczema as well. So, like balance, I always say balance is the key. Yeah. <laughs> now, is um, it ever underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed or mixed up with other skin conditions? Um, so for a dermatologist or a specialist, it's a pretty straightforward diagnosis. So it is quite easy to diagnose. Um, the problem is there are misconceptions around it, even, um, you know, amongst uh, doctors um, and health professionals. Um, the main misconception, I would say, um, is the fact that a lot of people related to uh, allergies. So um, uh, Atopic dermatitis is an entity in its own right, and it comes from within. And the reason why people have it is because of multifactorial. So, firstly, there is an an issue with their uh, with their genetics, so they are predisposed to it, and we see that it does run in families. The second reason being the immune profile. So, their immune system is, you know, um, I wouldn't say weak, but it, you know, there is. There are immunological um, changes that will also make predispose them to eczema. And finally, um, uh, the surroundings, so environmental trigger, triggers. So people who are already prone to eczema, so who have the genetics and the immune issue, when they're exposed to certain things, their eczema will be triggered. So it's multifactorial why people have eczema. Um, so a lot of the patients and other doctors as well uh, link eczema to food allergies or, and I'm not saying that those with eczema are not more prone to food allergies. So are, they are up to 20% uh, more likely, uh, you know, they have the incidence of uh, food allergies and people who have eczema is higher than the general public, but food allergy is not a direct cause of eczema uh, because a lot of parents deny their uh, children certain types of foods because they have eczema, because like, oh, I'll cut the milk and I'll cut this and I will not give them nuts so that their eczema gets better. And it's actually a shame because the majority of these children do not have food allergies. So this is one misconception, I would say. Another public misconception would be that it's an, a contagious condition. So, um, uh, you know, people don't, especially children or, you know, um, children can be uh, mean to each other sometimes just because they don't know or you know how they are uh, children so they don't want to touch it they think it's contagious um, and um, I guess there are there is lack of awareness in general so um, um, so these are some of the misconceptions I would say okay now tell us more about the patient journey how is a patient diagnosed and what is typically the next step, step after the diagnosis uh, yes. So um, the majority of patients are diagnosed quickly, but uh, the hope is that this will go away. So the concept of chronicity, that this is a problem that is there, that this is how the skin is and, you know, we need to... Um, uh, fix the barrier function by always moisturizing. Uh, we need to, you know, uh, moisturize the skin all the time to reduce the eczema flare-ups, use creams as we needed is, is not really there. And I think for the successful patient journey, the doctor should um, have this discussion with the parents or the, with the patient themselves from the outset so that their expectation is realistic. But we don't really see that in, in, in real life. And there was this interesting study, um, I think in 2018, that showed around 20% of patients with eczema will see over 10 doctors. 
uh, before you know they are settled um, and know what to do with their eczema. And the majority of patients, around 40% of patients will see between two and five doctors. So patients will go shopping around because they are you know, obsessed with finding the trigger. They want to find what is causing their eczema. And the answer is eczema comes from within. We just need to be on the right treatment to have wonderful uh, control. So yes, it is a chronic disease, but it does not mean that you have to live with it. You can, we can control it so well that you can have as normal life as possible. So what would be just an example of some of those controls looking at this? So, yeah. So, yeah. So there, there are basic treatment for everyone who has eczema because we said that the barrier function doesn't work very well. So everybody who has eczema should be moisturizing a lot should be and should know what their their triggers are. So there are general triggers, things like you know, um, using too many too many chemicals or uh, perfume products or uh, you know wearing clothes that are you know not comfortable or not cotton. So all these kind of things will trigger sensitive skin because you have to think about it as sensitive skin. So these are basics that everyone should do. But then depending on how bad your eczema is, then we can you know stratify the treatment. So those with very little eczema that comes and goes and you know it doesn't bother them too much but will cause you know patches of 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 this problem then you can treat them with just creams like steroids steroid creams and i know that there is a lot of steroid phobia so it does have to be you know under doctor supervision so don't go to a pharmacy and just get a tube of steroid because some strong steroids can have you know side effects that you that are permanent and you don't want they can change your skin um so but yeah but steroids are your friend you know they are the mainstay of treatment if used properly if eczema is is moderate or severe then we will need systemic treatments and systemic treatments um the new systemic treatments now have very low side effect profile um so there are injections or tablets that you take it's either you know monthly or every two weeks if there are injections or, you know, tablets that are taken daily and they control the eczema and their targeted therapies. They, they don't have a lot of side effects because they go to a specific molecule or a specific, you know, uh, target and they switch it on and off. And, and, and that is why it's a game changer for people who have eczema. So uh, it's really sad to see people who have severe eczema not being treated because now there are treatments. Okay. Okay. Um, does it require, does, does it atopic dermatitis require lifelong treatment? Do you ever get over it? Yes, actually. So, uh, we used to say before that 60% of children who have eczema will grow out of it. We know now that that's not necessarily hundred percent true, but many people will grow out of their eczema on their own. So something happens to their immune profile and they kind of switch it off, but there are around 40% who will have it all their lives. And those are the patients who will need lifelong treatment. But lifelong treatment does not mean that you have to be on tablets all your life or injections all your life or creams all your life. You just need to have guidance into how to integrate these treatment in your life so that it doesn't affect your quality of life. The eczema does not affect your quality of life and you can do as many things as you want. Okay. Um, now you were recently part of the first patient advisory board on atopic dermatitis in the Middle East. Um, so can you share uh, what the objective of this board is and what, um, what has come out of it that you can sort of bring down to patients for tips or? Sure. So that was actually an, uh, an interesting project because 
as uh, doctors who, you know, um, experts in our field and certain topics, we will have advisory boards about certain new medication that come in or, you know, if there are any advancements in science about something, we will have these advisory boards. But for the first time ever, we actually invited patients who lived with the problem to hear from them uh, about their journey, uh, about, you know, how they got their diagnosis, uh, what are the unmet needs uh, from their point of view? Um, and it was very, for me, it was, you know, an eye opener to see how much everybody, rather than just talking about their skin symptoms, talked about how the, it affected their lives. So the impact on their quality of life, the impact on their work, on their self-esteem, uh, their social interaction, their relationships with their partners, their relationship with friends, um, how they viewed themselves, um, how they had to adjust uh, their behavior. And, you know, we already talked about what they, what they uh, wear, but some of them, that adjustment will actually dictate what they do at university or uh, what job they take, et cetera. So um, I think that what I took from it is that eczema cannot be just treated by dermatologists and there has to be a multidisciplinary approach to support these patients. Um, there has to be a psychologist involved. Uh, you know, um, eczema also affects the eyes because uh, you know the eye has a skin around it and a lot of them ha have eye problems. Um, so the, the message I got was that there needs to be more awareness. Yes, everyone has heard of eczema, but I don't think the, not just awareness for those who are suffering from it, but for the, from those who are around them as well to make their lives as comfortable as possible. You know, when you know about a condition, you treat, not only treat it better as a doctor, but also when the public knows about it, the patient is more comfortable. Okay, so there's still an unmet need for um, this dermatite, uh, uh, education on atopic dermatitis in the region. We still need to get the word out somehow um, so people know what they're dealing with. And, and, and yeah, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so from the, from the doctor's point of view, we do need more medication. We do need better medication, medication with less side effects, and that is in the process. Um, I, I can tell you that in the last year, every few months, I have been involved in a meeting or another talking about that. Uh, but from the public point of view and from the support system to patients, uh, we do need to um, have more education and have patients be heard. So um, to know what exactly they need from us as the uh, health professionals, but also from um, other support groups. So uh, maybe uh, um, patient forums so that they can talk to each other or, um, you know, um, support in schools where the nurse at the school knows more about eczema or has some creams in the, in the, in the, you know, the, the clinic at the, at the back where she can, you know, help patients or know that children with eczema uh, may feel sleepy during the day, not because, you know, of neglect, because there's a lot of assumptions that these patients are neglected. So, you know, if their, their top is, uh, is, you know, dirty with a little bit of blood on it, or, you know, if they're not sleeping well, the assumption is that they are neglected, you know, actually their eczema is not controlled. It may be because maybe some, you know, in very, very rare cases because of neglect, but it could just be because of the disease process itself. So things like that.
Very interesting. Um, so what about social media? Because it seems like, you know, everyone's bringing their issues to social media. So what about social media or any other digital tools? Um, how does that work in with awareness and education? Wonderful. Like, I think social media is a wonderful tool because even myself, you know, things that are not related to medicine or dermatology specifically, if I don't know about it, the easiest way to actually absorb information is social media because the way social media is, usually the piece of information is related to an experience or a person. So you absorb it much, much quicker and you relate to it more. Uh, so yes, my hope is that uh, people will be interested in talking about professionals, I, I would say, or um, even either professionals or people who are going through the journey themselves would talk more about their um, health issues in general. Um, and if it's done in a clever way and in an informative way and in a reliable way, because the issue with social media is a lot of information is unreliable and you need to sift through it to know what, you know, uh, what is true and what is acceptable, I guess, you know, all this about um, untrue information out there. So yes, so um, as long as it's supported by, you know, uh, platforms like yourself, for instance, um, inviting people who know a little bit more about it, like myself, I think that's, that's wonderful. And I have a lot of hope for social media to, you know, improve people's understanding of a lot of skin conditions, not just eczema. And what would you advise people to look for on social media to make sure that they were getting more correct information? Um, reliable sources always comes down to reliable sources. So, um, yes, it's nice to hear about patients' journeys, etc. but patients' journey only take from it the patient's journey, not the treatment side, because what, what might work for one person might not work for another. Um, um, and listen to professional and reliable sources. That's, that's what I would advise. Thank you so much, Dr. Al Jeffrey. That was amazing. It was really informative. This was a very informative podcast and the result of a partnership between Live Healthy and Pfizer to raise awareness about atopic dermatitis. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.